everyone, my name's Marion. I'm bringing the Bible readings today. There are actually two. I'll give you the references now because I'm going to read straight from one to the other. Um, the first one is Romans 8, 15 to 17. If you're using the um, church Bibles, it's on page 1133. And then I'll be going straight on to Galatians 4, verses 3 to 7, which starts on uh, page 1170. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. It's my pleasure to invite Mark to come up and I'll just pray with him before he speaks. Our loving Father, we thank you for these beautiful words from the Bible. We thank you for the time and preparation Mark has put into speaking tonight and we pray that we will really hear what you have to say to us through him. Amen. Thanks, Mary. Not much room up here. It's close to the cliff's edge. Excellent. Uh, it's great to see you. Um, as uh, Mary mentioned, I'm Mark. I'm part of the ministry team here at Q, and I also manage the Q student residence with Amy, my wife. And uh, what a great gift it has been tonight uh, to be able to witness, hear those great testimonies, and and uh, be a part as God's family. Uh, those testimonies. I think we can put our hands together for Beth and James again. Thanks, guys. So good. Fantastic. I'm a father of three and three quarters. As you saw a little earlier, Amy is due in a few months, and I know my child's voice. I know when they call out, Dad. I know their laughs. I know their cries. I can pick it up in a crowd when they're asking for me, when they're crying. I have a memory uh, from when I was when I was younger, and I was recently talking about this with my dad, because uh, as a kid I was afraid of dogs. And uh, there was one time we were at Gels Park, and if you know Gels Park, which is in in Melbourne in the east, it's a huge, huge park. And uh, we were with, a, with a, a big group of families, and uh, and this massive snarling 
angry dog. Thanks, Rochelle. <laughs> it was legitimately a huge screaming dog, while well, I was screaming, um, chasing me through uh, the park. And uh, I was getting chased, and, and in the middle of this park, I was away from my family. Uh, this memory, I, can, I still can remember it so clearly, and so does my dad, actually. He still can do the impression of what my mouth was doing, how high my knees were, and my reaction was full on. I was obviously running away from this snarling dog. I was lost and I thought no one could hear my cries. I thought no one could hear my screams. But my dad could. He knew where I was going. My dad knew my brand. He had to follow the sounds of my cries and screams through the trees. And he grabbed me and brought me back to be with my family. My dad knew the jelly brand of crying. He knew the jelly brand of calling out. And I know the jelly brand of crying. My kids now, ironically and fittingly, also run away from dogs regularly. I actually wrote a petition during the week about some of the dogs down at Victoria Park with some of you resies. Sign that petition. Get the dogs off that park so I stop having to chase my kids and rescue them. (laughs) Even more so, our Father in heaven knows your brand. He knows your voice. He knows your inner voice. He knows your outer voice. He knows you. He knows you even when you're lost. He knows when you have gone away from your family as such. I love uh, Psalm 139 and this, uh, this psalm from King David. It says, You have searched me, Lord. You and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? I'm going to jump ahead a few verses where it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. We heard uh, that beautiful reading from Romans and and Galatians. Those words, Abba, Father, it says in Romans. And and by him we cry, Abba, Father. It says in Galatians, a spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. That word used in Scripture is quite unique. Why does a spirit in us cry or call out such a thing as Abba, Father? Or as the Message Bible puts it, Papa, Amy uh, preached a few weeks ago on the Holy Spirit and prayer. And uh, she said this, think about this beautiful picture for a moment. When we first believed, we received the Holy Spirit and we are forever a child of God who is linked with the Father's heart in this state of permanent intimacy. State of permanent intimacy. 
I'm honest to say that, yes, this picture is true and an ideal picture of when we talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit seal, the claim on our life as a believer. But too often, I feel like that kid running away from my family, separated from my father, getting further and further away from my father's protection. This picture that I, this story that I told at the start of the dog chasing me away from my father, from my family, from those protecting me, the idea in my head that it was safer for me to run in the opposite direction from those who love me is completely foolish. You know, this is just a picture and, and uh, you know, let's just expand on this a little bit as a, as a metaphor for what the enemy tries to do, what he attempts to do with us. Because there is an enemy who is at work, driving, trying to drive us away from our family, our inheritance, our standing, our place as a child of God in the family of God. Lying to us that it is better not to be in a relationship of intimacy with our Father. That we are better off running away from God, doing life independently by ourselves. That, is, that we'll get more protection away from Him. Satan's work is to distance us from God and from each other. It says in 1 Peter 5 verse 8, it says, Be alert and sober mind, your enemy The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. But no, God does not want to leave you. He sees it when you are going in the other direction and he has a loving way. Yes, Satan is active, but we have an all-powerful God who knows his kids. He knows their cries. He knows their hardships, their struggles, their thoughts. He knows them and he knows you. It says in 1 Peter 5 verse 10, And the God of all grace, who called you to his external glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. Tonight you might be sitting there feeling not that strong, not that firm, not that steadfast. You might not know this intimacy or closeness that is mentioned or that even James and Beth testified and declared uh, tonight. Just as a child calls or cries out, Abba, Father, we too have the same access. We too can ask God for help. We too can ask our Father to bring us home. For some of us, this story may sound or feel a little childish. Maybe you sit there as an adult and say, you know what, you know, I've had my chance, but God's not interested in me. I've made too many mistakes. We see that God may be disappointed in us, that we've let him down time and time and time again, and you just feel distant from him. You don't see God as a loving father. You see him more as a judge who's angry with you. This idea of being close or intimate is God, of God is not your reality. You may relate to what the psalmist writes in Psalm 102. My heart is sick, withered like grass, and I've lost my appetite. 
Because of my groaning, I am reduced to skin and bones. I'm like an owl in the desert, like a little owl in a far-off wilderness. That's a pretty bleak image, isn't it? Far-off little owl in a wilderness. You know what? That's how I felt that day in Gels Park as about an eight, nine-year-old. But truly, this heartfelt prayer from Psalm 102, it's someone's real-life situation. It's someone's circumstance. It's raw. You know, sometimes in life we feel like we just can't hold on anymore. We're just getting through our days, but not really living with freedom and joy. The psalmist expresses a struggle, a prayer, a cry for help. But you know what? It's not easy. It's not easy bearing ourselves, our true selves, because we, you know, we want to be strong and stoic. We can't ask for, for help, especially off God, who we feel like we've disappointed. If we have sinned, if we've failed, we, we feel that we need to earn our way back. We need to you know, pick ourselves up from our bootstraps. We need to will ourselves. We need to grind things out a little bit to sort of earn our way, to sort of build our way, to, to sort of get our way back to God. What if on that day, 35 years ago, it's a long time ago actually, uh, that I chose to outrun that dog? What if I thought, no, you know what? I, I can do this. I can sort of work my way back to my family. I can just outrun this dog. I, I'm so embarrassed because of all the families and all the other kids around the same age and some, some of them younger that didn't run away, but I did that I distanced myself from that group, that I was so embarrassed and ashamed that I decided not to cry, not to say a word and just will my way back, outrun the dog and try to get my way back. I liken this to what it talks about in Galatians, where it says, you are no longer a slave, but God's child. We are no longer slaves. This isn't just addressing people who were slaves at the time and and potentially there were those who were slaves that that Paul was wanting to talk about it, but it's a way of thinking. It's a slave way of thinking, wanting to earn, wanting to, to think that we need to earn our way, work our way back to our master's affections. That, that his closeness is, uh, is due, we get that by earning and working. If it's sin or shame or in some way feeling we don't deserve God's love, you know, we are on the run and we distance ourselves. Tonight, I ask you a question. Do you long to be with God? Do you desire to be with him, that closeness maybe that you once had? This desire for more, it's your heart aching for more, this closeness that maybe you once had. Aching heart, I encourage you even tonight as you sit there, if that is you, if that is your cry, if that is your call out, listen to that ache. Because that is the role of the Holy Spirit. This sign, this pledge of our adoption, that we are a child of his that in, by his presence in our hearts, we sense that there is something not right living away from God. The Holy Spirit works in us that makes us cry out, call out to God to ask for help. It's the Holy Spirit showing us through his word that we can in prayer, that we can even just uh, enjoying nature through an encouraging word, through his still quiet voice, that he is for us. 
that he's not against us, that he is indeed our heavenly father who longs, who desires us to be close. Praise God for that ache. Praise God that that ache is the Holy Spirit, that we are adopted because our father has got a claim on your life and he's waiting and wanting you to cry out, to call out to him. The distance, the fear, the lies, the taunting from the enemy that you don't need to. You just need to wait. You need to work it out. It's not true. In Romans 8, it says, The Spirit itself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The Spirit's doing the work. It's testifying with our spirit that we are God's children. We are adopted. It says in Galatians, Because you are sons, because you are daughters, God He does something. He does something because you are his child and he knows you. So he sends the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit cries out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son, a daughter. And since you are a son, a daughter, God has made you also an heir. We too often forget who we are. The complexity of life, this sense of wanting to earn and and just will our way back. These dips and roundabouts, circumstances, and we start forgetting who we are. Well, who are you when you get lost? When When the distance between you and God is there? Who are you when you start living like a slave, wanting to earn, wanting to win back God's favor? We just need to know not just who we are, but whose we are. Our identity, our position as God's own son included in his family. Because God has a claim, has a pledge on your life through Jesus Christ. There is a number of things that I could have drawn out tonight when talking about the spirit of adoption. But the spirit's role of testifying with our spirits, assuring us, reminding us who we are, that we belong to him, is what I'm narrowing in on tonight. Because I think it's important. I know it's relative to my life and it's impacted me. A great summary of this is uh, what I'm going to finish on uh, tonight. And we're going to uh, use this as an opportunity to pray. And you might use this as a chance just to pray, to, to call out, to cry out to God yourself. Because living at a, at a distance from God is not, it's not what God wants. That's not the best for you. Romans 5 I love, it's like looking at our life through the Father's eyes. It's the way he sees us, even though we often don't see ourselves that way. It says in Romans uh, 5 verse 1, it like, like summarizes things a little bit for us. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So we can rejoice, we can be glad in him. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. He has and will continue to show us that he loves us.
Do you believe me when I say that he knows you? That he knows us? That we are adopted? That we are his? He has given us a place in his heart. The God of heaven. So you might be sitting there tonight going, so where do I start? You know, this distance, this separation that maybe you can recognize. This ache, it's because you are far from him. You are his, you belong to God. So cry out, call out to Jesus. What does that look like? Well, it's simple. It really is simple. It's just, if it's under your breath, if it's actually saying the words, Jesus, help me. I need your help. If you feel that everything is falling around you and you feel that things are just hopeless and you're weary, you're brokenhearted, you're feeling full of discouragement, you feel you're just far away from God, cry out, call out to Jesus. And we're going to do that right now. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you to just bow your heads. And if you want to do that, I encourage you to do that. Uh, I just would like you to just sit there as I pray. And if this is something that you want to do, I encourage you even just open your hands, make a gesture towards God as I pray and just welcome him in because you are his child. He knows your voice. He knows your inner voice. He knows your outer voice. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you died on the cross. You took our place. You took sin upon yourself and God I can't have a relationship without you I can't earn or work and gain your forgiveness or your love but God you've done that through Jesus and I thank you that I'm forgiven right now I receive you into my life I believe Jesus you died for my sins you were raised on that third day and I confess right now that you are Lord I come to you tonight as your child. I return to your loving arms and I thank you for giving me eternal life. I receive it and I accept it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, if maybe tonight you've done that for the first time or that's the first time you've done that for a while. 